0: All right. Good of you to join me here. This is Money and Me. We are talking Twitter and Elon Musk. We are talking about GoTo's upcoming IPO next Monday. And we are talking about, well, Trump's social media firm, one social media platform in the news, another one also in the news for all the wrong reasons. All right. Let's start with Swapnil Mishra. Let's welcome him to the show. Swapnil, how are you? I'm very very good, thank you. How are you? Doing well. He's adjunct mentor at the Singapore Management University here to share his thoughts with us. Let's start with GoTo, shall we? Uh, big news over in Jakarta. Everybody like the sort of Gotong Royong spirit, uh, giving out shares of GoTo to some six hundred thousand drivers uh, as part of the drumming up of publicity ahead of its IPO. This is going to happen April eleventh, I believe. It moved it back. Goto has already raised $1.1 billion. Everybody's looking for its IPO date Monday and you know how the market's going to respond. So if we take a step back and look at the company itself, it is emerging, of course, of two big companies in Southeast Asia and said to be one that will be a major boost for part-time gig workers interested in the sharing economy in Southeast Asia. Uh, Swapnil, can you unpack for us whether you think GoTo has long term potential as investors mull over whether to come into its
1: IPO? Yeah, I would say, you know, to me the one data point which is most attractive, of course, financials is a challenge because it is still not a profit making company, so it's making losses. But uh, the fact that, you know, the ecosystem contributes to more than 2% of Indonesia's GDP, right? And we are talking about Indonesia's GDP, which is in itself, a formidable size as a country, it's uh, it's growing at a healthy five percent plus forecasted, you know, real GDP growth. So, looking at the fact that you're talking about an ecosystem which cuts across e-commerce, ride, fintech, and you know, contributes to that, and uh, impacting you know, services addressing almost two-thirds of the country's household. So, just from a sheer size and influence point of view, I think this is. Uh, not in the same category as, let's say, a Bukala Park, which is constant comparison just because, you know, it's coming out with an IPO immediately following the, I would say, success or failure of uh, Bukala Park and then in terms of the markets.
0: In terms of listing dates, though, so much uncertainty in the markets.
1: Why do you think GoTo has decided to list now? I think they are being brave by doing this now. Secondly, I think they are also timing it with the local markets. So while we may see a lot of turbulence outside in the rest of the world in terms of the volatility, you see the Indonesian equity markets there at an all-time high. Then there is the commodity price fueled. I mean, you know, Indonesia is one Mm -hmm. of the largest producers for coal, nickel, palm oil. So there's a whole boom that's happening on the back of commodity price. Uh, In in some ways, the Russia-Ukraine conflict has uh, benefited Indonesia in terms of their reserves. Mm -hmm. So I think the local macroeconomic factors are... Strong, there is resilience. Uh, it's also managed to kind of navigate the COVID without any explosive crisis. So, looking at all of those things, I think, in fact, if they delay it more, there may be a deterioration in the local conditions, and which is probably why they are timing it right now and not waiting to take a chance with the local markets. So, if
0: we take a look at Grab and see the rivals of Go GoTo, Singapore-based Grab and Sea have seen huge sell-offs in recent months after investors reassessed their growth potential, took a closer look at their widening losses.
1: Do you think the same fate could lie in store for GoTo? A couple of things that GoTo is trying to do differently and maybe that's one of the reasons for delay is Mm. the lock-ins that they have for the key investors and founders and co-founders is much more. I think there's a six to eight months lock-in, which may prevent, you know, large selling that typically happens post the listing. That's one. Uh, second is they're counting on local demand, which is new investors coming in to buy this company. Uh, and that's very different from, you know, investors who are in, uh, buying these IPOs on a routine basis. And many of them like to flip uh, these stocks, right? So you buy something, it goes up 30%, you sell, you move out. to is relying on a new set of investors who are young, digital savvy and are looking to participate in the IPO, which can provide the necessary price support, which will be needed after the listing happens. All right. Um, If we take a
0: look at the battle between GoTo and Grab, do you think GoTo has to convince investors that its business model is fundamentally different from Grab. I mean, they have the same green logo. Both the co-founders apparently were friends at Harvard Business School. So a lot of similarities, both trying to turn their platforms, some commentators say, into the Southeast Asian version of China's WeChat, the super app.
1: Maybe the biggest advantage that uh, GoTo has is a very strong domestic market. And that gives them the numbers to justify the growth. So, while they are still not making profits, I think their path to profitability is projected to be shorter in 2024 or 2025, which is probably giving the confidence to the investors. The reliance on money by raising money is lesser because the path to profitability is shorter.
0: Well said. All right, let's move to Elon Musk. The whole web is a buzz, not just the Twitterverse. So Elon Musk filed new disclosure on his stake with the Securities Exchange Commission. Um, he's essentially changed forums. And yesterday when I sent you this topic, I put the word passive, Elon Musk passive Twitter share in inverted commas. Looks like that was uh, prescient, shall we say, because he's filed a new disclosure with the SEC admitting that he has invested in Twitter with the goal of effecting change and that his stock purchases started months ago. I'd love to invest like Elon Musk, right? Buy a share, uh, buy shares of Twitter every day since January 31st all the way to April the 1st. Uh, First up, when you look at Elon Musk's uh, shares now in Twitter, what do you think this means for the future of the company?
1: I, I feel exactly the way the market is reacting. I am quite excited about it. I think it's fabulous news. And this entire thing of leaving the confusion of you know this ambiguity of passive and what will I do that also has been resolved, which is fantastic so now it's very clear that he's active it's very clear that he's going to be there, and the fact that he put a cap that he will not go beyond fourteen point nine percent, which means he's not looking for all out cash buy because that would be other speculation right I mean it's probably small change for Elon Musk, he could just buy out the company, so the fact that he's not looking to buy out and uh, become an active member, uh, board member. I mean, what better person to have as a board member for Twitter than somebody who has 80 million followers (laughs) on Twitter?
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Twitter shares jumped in pre-market trade, I think, uh, after he disclosed his 9.2% stake. If we take a look at, you know, what he's doing here and then think about what this could mean for time away from Tesla,
1: uh, what do you think this means for for Tesla? I think it will be fine. See, one thing both of them, even, uh, you know, Jack Darcy had and Elon Musk had in common was, you know, they both like to be controversial uh, they also end up you know sometimes making investors mad and and in case of twitter specifically you know if you, if you just compare the uh, the way Elon Musk has been using twitter from a pure you know he's probably the biggest social influencer today right I mean, he <laughs> he has a zero marketing spend on tesla so i would say because of his access to twitter and his ability to monetize it and harness the power of uh, twitter which i think is much more room for growth it will positively affect the entire, I would say, the holdings for, uh, for Elon Musk. So I, I don't think it is just a function of him being um, uh, distracted from uh, Tesla. And the fact that he's on the board and not trying to take over the company is also a reflection that he wants to influence it positively by bringing it, you know, kind of pushing it in the right direction of monetization, of growth, and who knows, you know, maybe push for a merger with Square, you know, there's been rumors for a long time.
0: He's the richest man in the world. He could solve so many problems with his money. But the first thing he settled on is whether Twitter needs an edit button. Some say he could put his money to better use. But I don't know if you're a Twitter tweeter. What do you think of the edit button?
1: I mean, I think it's a good idea. Although there's been about, what, 70% have voted uh, no, right, if I'm not wrong? I think uh, 70% voted yes. Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah, oh. 70% voted yes, yeah. So I think I think that's a... That is a good idea. I think the other important thing would be if they are able to, I they are talking about something called super follows or something, which, which will allow at least creating some monetization models uh, within Twitter because they've remained ad free, but they've not been able to make money. And the stock is clearly underperformed, at least it has underperformed uh, Tesla for sure.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, do you think shares are going to live further? This is just short term and not significant for
1: what this means for the fate of Twitter. I think it's a very positive sign. I think this is, in fact, uh, it's, it's one of the new trends, right, Which uh, where you're seeing the second tier tech companies performing better than the uh, tier one companies. So, you know, whether it's Snap, Pinterest, PayPal, uh, Square, Twitter, all of these have actually outperformed in the last uh, if you see even last five years' performance, it has performed better than let's say uh, your Facebook Meta, and uh, that's a good sign. And there is room for growth. If you see from a pure numbers point of view, yeah. with 190 million subscribers for Twitter, it is it's it's got a huge potential for growth. And that strategic direction, I think, will help. Uh, let's say you know Parag, who is the new CEO, mm. who, to focus on execution. So the the two together may make a good team. And Uh, I I think this will become a good thing for Twitter.
0: All right, let's move now to Donald Trump's new media company. Once a big star on Twitter, decided to start his own media company after he faced uh, what he deemed censorship. There have been trouble in the ranks. There have been, let's see, what is your take on stocks linked to Trump Media and Technology Group, which we've seen
1: dips in recently? Actually, I was surprised when the stock was going up. So, actually, going down is kind of logical given the amount of opacity that we are seeing behind the deal, the transactions, the staff movement, lack of clarity on the website, SEC investigation on collusion. Where the deal was struck even before the SPAC was formed. So there's a whole bunch of news. I can't understand why it went up all the way to I think it went to 100 and then settled around 70. This digital world um, acquisition corp you're talking about? Yeah, DWS. Yeah, okay. mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, so I would say uh, t- to me this is the correction is a reflection of um, just reality check that uh, there isn't any clear business model. Trump's sending a message that the favorite president will see you soon is is not enough to give it. Uh, uh, any momentum. This is, and mind you, uh, SPACs have generally underperformed. Right? If you see the, the numbers, we had a record listings in SPAC, but the performance has been poor. Uh, and DWC actually has been one of the outperformers. So, in in my view, there should be more correction in this uh, in, in these stocks.
0: All right, we can't end the show with Swapnil without asking him what he's listening to on his playlist that mirrors the markets.
1: <laughs> what is it, Swapnil? Uh, so I was actually thinking this is a song that. Uh, investors in GoTo would be, you know, currently singing and maybe Donald Trump as well. I don't think Elon Musk, but it's one of the old uh, classics by CrossFeastals Nash. Uh, it's called Helplessly Hoping. <laughs> Beautiful song and uh, <laughs> very apt for, for a few people right now in the market who are nervously waiting for what's going to happen, uh, <laughs> especially with the IPO <idea> next week. <laughs>
0: Helplessly hoping. Love it. Thanks so much, Swapnil. Swapnil Mishra, the adjunct mentor at Singapore Management University. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.